What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt. And it is the week before Gen Con, which uh, which means that we're going to be doing a little Gen Con preview of two-player games that Woo-hoo! we think will be interesting later this episode, even though we're not going to Gen Con. There's still lots of cool stuff coming yeah, out that we think you should check we out. We have adulting to do. Stupid adulting. Yep. But uh, but we're first, we, we're going to gush a little bit about Victory Point games, because uh, that's been a been a new discovery for us and and i've been quite impressed so far but before we get into that um just a reminder of where you can find us uh we're on twitter facebook and instagram uh, if you look for at tabletop for two you can find us there you can also subscribe to the show on itunes google play music or any other podcatcher of your choosing and if you are on bgg please come by and check out our guild number 2623 um episode posting some discussion threads in there so please definitely swing on by and check that out as well so Gotten to some victory point games lately. Um, I heard a lot about them for a while, and always heard that they were a great, like, small game company that really put together quality games. So I decided to take a flyer and check out a few of their titles. Really, what I wanted to get was Dawn of the Zeds. Um, that was the one that which we did. Yeah, which I was which I was angling for the most because I was hearing a lot of good things. I didn't really check it out when it was on Kickstarter um, when they were kickstarting the third edition reprint of the game. And the thing that makes Dawn of the Zeds premium, um, the cool thing about Victory Point Games is at least as of now, um, this seems to be changing soon for them. But as of now, they print everything in house. So they have these cool laser cut counters that are a pain in the butt to punch out usually because <laughs> they have soot all over the sides from the laser. So it takes you like an hour to punch out a game. But they are considered enough to put a napkin in the box yes, they for are. you to wipe it off with. But once you're done, the counters are really cool because they're nice and thick. They're 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 almost they're not wood, but they, they feel, feel like, like wood, wood almost. They do. Yeah. And they have that this cool like they smell like Burnt cardboard, which is kind of cool, kind of sort of. But Dawn of the Zeds, they didn't print in house. Like um, smell of burnt certain things. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't print Dawn of the Zeds third edition in house though. They they got that print overseas. So these are die cut counters that you would expect to find. Nice mounted board. Components are solid. Um, and what Dawn of the Zeds is, this is one of the games in their Stage of Siege line of games. So it's it's the Stage of Siege games are games that are usually either solo or can be played cooperatively. Dawn of the Zeds can be done cooperatively um, in this case. And it's basically you're defending a central location against multiple tracks that enemies advance along. And if the enemies ever get to the center of the center of where you're defending, you lose the game. Um, if you're able to successfully fend them off, as you draw through event cards, in the case of Dawn of the Zeds, then you win the game. Um, so this is this was one I played solo first, then Em and I played it, and I've played it again since then. You played solo? Mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. What? No more late nights for you, sir. Well, not right the second. Mm-hmm. Not ever since our son's been, uh, his kid opened doors Look, now, so. we were lucky for so long. This kid would sleep till, like, 9, 9.30, and now it's, like, 7 a.m. if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. So, but this one, like I said, this one's cool because you have different survivors in Dawn and the Zeds that all have different special abilities that you can command. Um, the event cards are often quite brutalizing. There's no wusses either, I didn't say. No, not at all. Because you know how usually in every one of those kind of games, there's like one, like, uh, the, one of the games that we're going to talk about later, like, the guy was literally called the coward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and and what happens is, like, when you draw these event cards, there's four of these different zombie tracks that are in the game, and the event card will activate one or or two of the tracks, usually, and the zombies that are on that track will advance towards town. Um, If they fight you, if they end up on spaces with your villagers, um, you'll fight them. Typically, the zombies are at an advantage. Because again, it is just trying to survive and hold them off from getting to the center of town. You're you're definitely not going to run roughshod through them, um, and it's it, but it's very cool. Like I said, it's our first experience with Stage of Siege. Um, I like the game system. Well, that was the other thing too. When we fought the zombies, like I remember, we had to hit them so many times, and then we had to flip their tile over. It's not like just a straight. Okay, right. they take six hit points. I hit them six times. We're done. It's like no, you got to hit them, and then they flip over, and then you got to hit them again. Well, it's good because because when when the when they're the zombie tile flips over, they get weaker. 
So, yeah. which is ideal because it makes it a little bit easier to fend off. No, but like I'm thinking, a lot of games we played where they have like the health counters where you put like the the blood drop on them to say, "Hey, I'm chipping away at you." Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like I said, this this one was a solid pickup. Um, what did you think about the game? Because I know that uh, we were hanging in. On oh, this one. by the skin of our teeth. Yeah. Did we win? I think we won, right? We did win. Barely. We were were just playing the basic game, though. But we we won just barely. But uh, like I said, it was one of those that kind of kept me on my toes. I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, my God, we got to last one more round, one more round, one more round. Right. The tension's there. I liked it. Yeah. Very cool. And what else is cool about this third edition is that there's all these modules that the rulebook kind of sets up so that you can progressively unlock them. It's like once you get comfortable with... You know, you know the rules you're playing with. You can add in a few new things, so it's almost like a legacy game in that respect. That you can just constantly add new, new bits and pieces to it as you go along, and that also adds new survivors, so that the survivors you use each game will be varied. So you have to mix up your strategies that way. Um, new zombies that added to the game, like there's like super zombies that can be added that you have to watch out for. There's disease spreading zombies that can you know, build up this infection meter. So there's lots to explore with this one. Um, it's a little bit on the pricey side because it is like a premium product from them. So you're looking at 80 bucks and there's really not a way to get that any cheaper. But so far, what I've seen of it, it seems like a worthwhile endeavor. Um, it plays up to four players. It works the same at pretty much every count. You lied. What? About what? Getting it cheaper because they do the discount based on how much right, you order. yeah, yeah. Victory Point, if you order directly from them, they do a volume based discount. If you order over a certain amount, you get a certain percent off, which is very cool, which is which we've taken advantage of for sure. And Twice. I've <laughs> and what's and like I said, what's cool about the Stage of Siege series, I've I've played a couple games now in the series because I have a couple solo titles that I'm not going to dive into on the show, but all of the games, despite having the same central feel. Um, play very differently and, and the strategies vary very differently based on the different games. So it's a very versatile, um, very versatile engine that they kind of have built there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring more stuff with that. And, and actually, I'm, I'm going to probably start doing a small series of written solo reviews on BGG. So if you're interested to see my thoughts on some of those, I know I'm working on one for Empires in America. If his right wife now. will ever proofread yeah, it. Yeah, if you'll ever proofread it. <laughs> So definitely check that out. But yeah, if you're looking for a really solid uh, co-op game that will have a lot of life and a lot of longevity, uh, I would definitely recommend checking out Dawn of the Zeds. Um, it's a very cool, very cool zombie game. And and a cool game considering the theme, because that theme is definitely worn out. But I think this one does, does it well. And we're not into the whole zombie thing. We don't do The Walking Dead or anything like that, but... Yeah, that's pretty cool. I liked it. Yep. It wasn't too over, it wasn't too much on the zombie theme, I should say. It was done it was done well. Right. Right, it was done yeah. done authentically. Okay. Um next on the list is Healthy Heart Hospital from Victory Point. I love this game because people die and you have to hide them. <laughs> yeah, this is this is um like I, that that's all you're like, yeah, you have to hide the dead bodies. I'm mm-hmm. like, "What?" It's well, great. It's it's this is a cooperative game where you are you're running a hospital and you have a certain number of actions and you're basically just trying to triage patients because you have patients that come in every round into your waiting room um, that are represented by these colored cubes and the more cubes a patient has the, the sicker they, they are. are. <laughs> so you're trying to get the worst patients into the infirmary so you can treat them. Um, really bad patients, you want to get to like an operating room so that you can try and treat them as well. And the way you treat patients is you try to heal them um, by drawing cubes out of a bag or a bowl. And if you draw the, the colored cubes that match their disease, you actually you actually help cure them. But if you draw the black cubes, womp, womp. Yeah, they'll get sicker. And if they ever get to five cubes on a patient, they die. Then you'll die. Then they'll die and you'll have to find a place to put them. And if you if you have too many dead bodies and you don't have any anywhere to put them, then the game ends. You can also lose um, by running out of money. If you uh, if you you can do it that way, um, but you can win if you can survive through. I think it's nine rounds of patients being delivered to your hospital, and it's very cool because when you cure people in the infirmaries, um, they usually grant you some kind of a special ability. Uh, you're also given each player is given a couple. There's four doctors and one administrator in each game, and each of those doctors has their own special abilities as well. And it's kind of a 
it's it's kind of a beat the odds type of game when you're drawing the cubes because you know exactly how many of the cubes there are in the cup because you can see what's on the board and you can see what's already been drawn for that turn. So you have to kind of plan your turns around that. Like if you see a ton of red cubes already drawn out of the cup, is it worth it to try and cure the guy who has the red the red disease and that sort of thing? So I know you were a big fan of this one when we were playing it. Oh, I loved it. Like I said, the names of the doctors, too, just, like, made me laugh. What was the one you had the administrator? What was his name? Well, he was, like, the mad scientist, but I don't I don't remember what his name was. Oh, my God. Was. But it was funny. And who did, who else did you have? You had Dr. Was it I Dr. Had, Dream? I had, I had George. No, I had. Sorry, I didn't have George Clooney. I had I had Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, I had I had Dr. Patrick Dempsey and um, what was the other one? I had one of the lady doctors. Yeah, I can't remember what mine's. But my, wasn't mine like Doctor Doctor Cure or something like that? Things of that nature. Yeah, I'm not sure. But the, the doctors are funny. Like like the game is kind of presented with this tongue in cheek, um, sort of uh, vibe, and it's got like this this 60s looking art style. Oh yeah, to it, which is pretty neat. It kind of reminded me. Um, the show Emergency. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminded me of. Probably a good influence, I would imagine, <laughs> for that. Um, I wasn't quite as enamored with this game as you. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It took a little long. It, took, it was a little long for what it was. <laughs> I, 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 will I, do. Not, I will not lie. It took a little long. Yeah, it was a little, a little little long for what I was expecting it to be. Um, it was a fine game. Um, I would certainly rather play something like this than like Pandemic, for example, because I feel like that this has a lot more... Um, interesting decisions, and it really it's it's a good co-op game because it it can be quarterbacked, but you really will do better if you're working together and kind of talking out the problems and figuring out the best course of action as you go along. Um, so it was fine. I think the length probably was the biggest thing that got to me, just because the gameplay is a little bit repetitive. Um, so I would I would recommend this a little bit more tentatively. I would imagine that you're probably oh, yeah. you'd probably say check it I'd out. I'd say check it out. Okay. Well yeah, Healthy Heart Hospital. Look into it. Um well, if it seems like it's interesting. I'm also big into all those medical dramas on TV. Not so much like the Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that, right. but like the ERs and stuff like that I was always into, so I was like, Yeah yeah. See, but I love scrubs, so and, and the way the game kind of presents itself is That's sort not of a scrubs esque. It's not it a drama. Had dramatic it was, moments. It was a comedy. Oh, fine. It's a dramedy. Okay, <laughs> dramedy. whatever. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, check out Healthy Heart Hospital. See if it's something that would be interesting to you. Yeah. Um, Trifecta is a, another small box card game um, that Victory get, I really Point Games. Like this one. Yeah, this one kind of reminded me of Pinata yes. in a lot of ways, or yes. Balloon Cup. If you if you're more familiar with that version Balloon of that game, Cup. that's the original. What Pinata originally was. Pinata is actually a retheme. Balloon Cup. Balloon Cup. It's like hot air balloons. That sounds boring. Uh, it's apparently very good because it was good enough to get a child themed reprint. So, pinata is more fun because you have candy. Yeah, but uh, anyway. trifecta is a game where you're trying to get three points, um, and it's a little bit harder than it sounds because there's three <laughs> different columns that you get that you and your opponent can play cards in. This is a two player specific game, um, and the cards are like a typical deck of cards, except there's only three suits instead of four. Um, but they run ace to king like a typical deck of cards does. And in one column, and you can play cards on, you can play a column of cards on both sides, on your side and your opponent's side. And when you play a card, you can put it on either side you want. In one column, every card that you play has to add, has to be a higher rank than the card that was played before it. Um, in one of the other columns, every card that's played has to be a lower rank than the one that was played before it. And in, and in the third column, um, all the cards have to match the same suit as the one, as the ones that are in there as well. And what you're trying to do is when a fifth card ends up on one side of the table or another in a column, that column gets cleared. And if the player whose side it's on if the cards in that column are add up to between 21 and 26 points, I think it is, um, then that player scores a point when that column gets cleared. Otherwise, the cards just kind of reminds cleared. me of blackjack in that respect. It is. It is kind of sort of in that in that realm. Um, there's also some wild cards. What was it? I think the twos are one of the one of the card colors is wild. I can't remember which one it is. Um, 
There's also a the aces can be one or eleven based on whatever your need is. Uh, the face cards are all worth one point each, um, and it's also cool because if you play a two card in the minus column, the one where you have to play lower rank cards, then that becomes a plus column, and vice versa. If you play a king in the plus column, it flips over. So essentially, you're trying to make it so that you can get the right cards on your side of the column while also trying to play cards on your opponent's side that's going to trip them up as well. Um, I enjoyed this one quite a bit also. It was it was very cool. Um, definitely can be played in a lot quicker time than something like Pinata can be. Um, which is a plus, because I think Pinata is another one of those games that, while I enjoy it a lot, it tends to run a little bit longer mm-hmm. than I'd like it to. Um, but it's got that screwage where, like, your opponent's setting up, like, this nice chain, and then all of a sudden, bam, you throw a card that's going to throw, mm-hmm. throw a wrench in the works. Mister, I'm going to bust your column. Yep. And And what you're trying to do on Jerk. your side is you're trying to make it so that your opponent can only play a card that's going to benefit you and and set you up for success on that realm. So, yeah, Trifect is very cool. Um, You were liking this one as well while we were playing. I did. Yep. And this it can be had pretty cheaply. I think it's like 12 bucks because, again, the the component is just literally a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So this is a great travel game. Um, Definitely check it out when you get the opportunity. It's Trifecta. And that's all the Victory Point games today (laughs) that we're going to talk about. Just wait. There's more. Oh, there will be more later on. Um, But we're going to but I'll let M talk about a new version of one of our one of our all-time favorite series. Yes, we pulled the trigger and bought the new Ascension set, War of Shadows, because this one actually seemed interesting. Yeah, we we skipped um well we bought Dawn Champions, which we didn't care for. We played it once and it was awful. And Dreamscape we skipped because it just didn't look that appealing no. to us. But this one, you're right. It did look very cool. The the new mechanic in this one is that every card in the game is either themed as light or dark. Day and or night. Day or night, yes. And so when there are a majority of light cards in the center row, then it is day. And if, they're, if the majority of the cards in the center row are dark, then it is night. And certain cards will have special abilities based on if it's day or night. And some of them have both if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're if you are lucky, there's some that can do both as well. Um, there's also cards in the game that have multiple costs to pay right. for, which is a which, first. It's definitely cool, though. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so some cards you have to spend power and runes in order to acquire them. Yes, but they usually have a pretty nice ability that goes with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just, again, it's another great set of Ascension where lots of really cool combos can be built. Um, this is one where I found the cultists to be almost completely... You know, yeah, of, of all of all the ones we played, he that, just, that he's irrelevant. Yeah, that cultist safety valve is I, definitely the least I useful. I think I hit him in the two games we played of this. I think I've hit the cultist like three times total between two games. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that definitely in this one you're playing more in the center of the table than you are. And I feel like you can really get an engine going like real quick in this one too. You can, um, also like the strategy, like like um, banishing cards is much more relevant in this version of the game because now you can use that uh, that ability, you can banish cards out of the center row to try and influence whether or not you yes. can make a turn to day or night, um, take a gamble that way as well. So like I said, I think this one, because of the different mechanics in the game, lend itself to a lot of different strategies. Now, the one downside I will say for this one over other sets that are in the game is this would be a tough one to combine with other ascension sets mm-hmm. just because that day night mechanic is so important that you don't want to dilute it too much i, I wouldn't want to combine this i like this one just as it is yep and and actually and and it, whenever anyone talks about this version of the game the art's always brought up because the art work on the cards has definitely come a really long way yeah but um, they since haven't the series switched first started the, uh, the mystics and heavy infantry has been the same for the last couple sets, sets, I think. That's, I don't. I don't mind that. Well, no, because like at first they were like every set they had a different art, and then they're like, you know what, screw it. No, it's yep. like I don't blame them. Who wants now, to come up with new art every time? Now let me ask you this question: Would you, if if someone had never has never played Ascension before, would you recommend that they purchase this set first, or do no. you think they should start elsewhere? I think they should start with the OG, with the original one, or or. Mm-hmm. I could say they would start. They could start with Vigil because Vigil's very. You good. think Vigil's a good starting I set? Love Vigil. I don't think it's a good starting Why set. Not? I think I think I, energy, I think the energy mechanic is too oh, much no. upkeep. 
I love too it. much upkeep. I, I would I would say the best starting set is um, Realms Unraveled. I think that's got the multi. Right, it should, it it has more synergy with the different factions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It has one. the multi faction cards, though. Yeah, you sure. You want to do that right yeah, off? Yeah, absolutely. Because, like I said, you learn the, the different synergies. That's that's the one thing that I will say I don't like as much about this War of Shadow set is that the the faction synergies are not quite as strong as they were in that previous in that um in that Realms Unraveled slash Darkness Unleashed block, mm-hmm. which I really like. Um, so that would I would say that that's uh. That's the only knock against it because I think the day night synergy is more important than the than the synergy between the different I liked factions. It though. Oh, I do too. Like it's, I, I've I've talked. I think I've talked about on the show before how Ascension was a really big part of our experience gaming when we first got into it, and it's kind of died off a little bit because it's a little simple and we like a little bit more complication with a lot of our games. But I've enjoyed playing this set quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and it's been a lot of fun doing that. So if you're a Lapsed Ascension fan or if you're a fan of it and you're looking at War Shadows, um, definitely check it out. I would say it is well worth picking up, even if you've kind of been like disenchanted with the last couple sets that have come out here. Uh, next up is a game that's been on the shelf for a little while that I got off of Kickstarter uh, a couple months ago. This is And Then We Held Hands from Ludicrations. This is a two-player game where the the gameplay is really simple you're you're basically you have you have a hand of six cards and you're trying to play and they they're one of four different colors and the colors also correspond to a board that's in front of you um, that has these circular tracks on them and, and you're not allowed to talk about well, the game well I was getting to that you ruined you buried the you're not let me bury the lead here so on your turn, you're literally just playing as many cards as you want to from your hand or your opponent's hand. Um, the only restriction is that the there's black and red cards that are negative emotions, and there's blue and green cards that are positive emotions, and you you have to kind of balance your emotions out, so you can't play more than two blue and green cards without then playing a black or red card and vice versa. It's to like kind the of, treehouse game. Right, like best treehouse ever has the balancing mechanic. Kind of like that in this too. Um, then there's objective cards that you want to end your turn on a specific colored space because you're trying to burn through these objective decks. And then once you have gone through, there's three sets of objective say, decks. Three, yeah. Right? Once that happens, what you're then trying to do, you and your you and your partner are trying to each get to the center space on the board in consecutive turns with a balanced emotional state so that you're right in the center. And if you do that, you win. Um, but like Em said, the thing that is tricky with this game is that you're not supposed to talk to each other about the game while you're playing. You're you can either sit in silence or you can just talk about whatever else you want to talk about, but you're not supposed to talk strategy. It's supposed to be you and your and your partner kind of interpreting what each other wants to do and kind of um It really helps if you know the person really well. <laughs> yeah, if you've been if you've been playing with someone for a long time cuz we we sma- we had no issues at all in yeah, the, we, in the one game that we played. It. Now, there are some variants in the game um that allow for a little bit more complication. There's the some of the objective cards are considered argument cards which have you have need require you and your opponent to both end a turn on the same colored space in order to clear the card. So I guess you can make it a little bit trickier that way. Um, what were your thoughts about this one? Did you did you care for it? Is it something that you care to do again? I don't know if I need to play it again. Yeah. Like I said, it was it kind of was um, Takedo ish to me because I was kind mm-hmm. of feeling like a lazy river going around in circles. Yeah. And yeah, I just I mean. I didn't feel like there was much, I mean, there was some strategy to it, but I didn't feel like there was much, I'd rather, if I'm going to play something like this where I can't talk to you, I'm going to mm-hmm. play Hanabi. Yeah. Well, you can talk to each other now when you just can't specify, you can't blatantly spell out what. You know what I mean. Right. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about this one is that the the not talking to each other about the gameplay is the gimmick, because if you could talk to each other. The game would be so stinking easy, it wouldn't be funny. Honestly, it's funny because I kind of got distracted in the conversation we were having while we were playing, and Mm -hmm. I got distracted and wasn't paying attention half the time. Right. So. Yeah, but I mean, but like I said, if if you could talk to each other (laughs) and you could strategize your moves, this game really wouldn't be that challenging at all. Um, It's interesting as kind of like a 
like an like not like an art piece, but like is like a social experiment, I guess you could say. <laughs> I mean, it, that's that's sort of kind of what it is. Sort of kind of what it is. Um, and it was fine, oh, but but I I echo M sentiments. It's not something that I would be dying to get back onto the table before too long. So yeah, that's that's. This is something. How about this? We'll save it. For, you know, one of those days, if you want to play games and I'm like sick as a dog and I can't get up off the couch, I have enough brain power for that. But there's a lot of other games that require very low output of brain power that we have that we like a lot more that we could just play. I'm just saying I'm trying to be nice. I'm not I'm not I'm not married to this one. I'm not like I said, it's not something That's that right, I would you're married need to, to this one. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. It's uh it's not one that I would need to to hang on to, I don't think, because like I said, we experienced it. It was fine, and then it's, I don't know what more it can really provide us, if you know what I mean. So, yes. so that that's and then we held hands. Um, hard pass, yeah. In, unless you're really enamored by the by the artsiness of it, I guess. Last on the list is discount salmon. Um, we actually acquired this one at Unpub this year. And we've had it for a little bit, and I finally told him I wanted to play. He read the rules, because he's the rules guy, and it was fun. Because you get to take <laughs> the fish, and you can make the fish stinky, and then make them unstinky, and you can, oh my god, I I had too much fun with this game. So this is such a, this is such just a mindless, dumb game. Um, this, but it's so fun! It is, I will say, there aren't many other trick-taking dexterity games that I've seen. This is definitely one. Um, you have these fa- you have all these fish cards that are in this polluted lake. <laughs> and each turn you flip a card over and the fish usually has a problem of some kind. It might be stinky, it might be what else might it be? It might be not a fish because it might be a tire. Yes. And you're trying to fix the problem so that you can take the fish to market and sell it if possible. So in your hand you'll have all of these different cards um, like cologne will help make the fish not stinky and a disguise will help the tire become a fish so that you can sell it as now, well. Now there also are cards in your hand where you can make it stinky so your opponent can't get it. Right. And well you know you can add ailments to the fish right. basically. There's like five different there's like five or six different I can't even fish conditions. Yeah, off the top of our head that we can't remember, but you can you can <laughs> if you're if you're stuck and you know you can't fix the fish, make it you worse. can make it worse for the other players so that they can't fix either. Um the first person to completely fix the fish gets, gets to the take trick. the trick and basically whoever has the most tricks when all of the fish are out of the lake wins. Um this this like I said, this is a dumb fun game. Um, it's, it's fine. I'm not going to tell anyone to run out and go buy discount salmon. Um, but if you think that it would be a good time, definitely worth checking out. Uh, this one's also one that I think might be better with more players. Um, I think it's better to have more competition, uh, for those, uh, for those fish. But if you also have someone who is fast on the draw, this game might not be as fun because they might be able to, to get down their, uh, their repair cards, uh, much faster than your opponents, but you really like this one a lot, so I I take it's not going anywhere. No, <laughs> no, it's not, because I think this is one we could play with our friends, and they would have a good grand old time with. Yeah, the theme the theme is fun. That's that's the one thing that I really do. Well, and when like I see discount it. salmon, of course, I started thinking of um, what was it, broken lizard and the slamming salmon, and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh my god. See, so yeah, discount salmon. If you if you see it, sure, go ahead, check it out, buy it. It's 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 a fun game. It's it's fun for a little bit of distraction at least. So uh, that is all for what we've been playing. That's new. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We have one Kickstarter game to talk about, so stay tuned for that. All right, so our, our quick Kickstarter look this week uh, is a new game from Greater Than Games um, under their, I think it's Fabled Nexus line. Uh, this is Fate of the Elder Gods, a new game being designed by Richard Launius, Daryl Lauder, and Chris Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Um, as the title would suggest, this is a Cthulhu-themed, Lovecraft-themed uh, game that... Uh, we actually saw this being played at Unpub, Um didn't get a chance to play it ourselves, though it looked real pretty, mm-hmm. and it looked like a lot of fun. Yep. And we actually talked to Chris Kirkman, and he's like, yeah, he's like, get over there and get played if you get a chance, and we just 
we had so much other stuff we were trying to play. And also, it didn't help that we were only there for one day. Well, we'll talk a little bit about it. In, uh... Um, so, oh, I have to talk about it this time. <laughs> He's making me do it. Forgive me if this is terrible. Um, so you have this fate clock, and there are different astral symbols around the fate clock, and each area has its own ability associated with it. You guys play as cults, each of you is a cult, and you have your own ancient one, and you have a board in front of you, and you're trying to awake your ancient one. That's how you win the game. But there's also pesky little investigators that are trying to block off your ancient one spaces. I forget how many spaces are on the board, but they're Mm -hmm. trying to put elder sign tokens on your board um, to block you from actually summoning your ancient one. If they block everything off, you lose. I mean, that's pretty much it. I said, you move around the board. There's different abilities for the different areas. Um, You get to put out these symbols at each um, each section of the board and you can cast spells depending on which symbols are out you know yeah that's yeah. like <laughs> that's, i mean it seems like that's, some, that's pretty much it i mean it's i mean you got some you got some area control in there you got some variable player powers which is cool yeah. um you know spells the the game looks really cool um the the artwork's really awesome there's some nifty <laughs> miniatures in the game um, obviously, it's Richard Launius, so there's going to be lots of dice chucking, as there's as there's one to be in many of his games. Um, look, we're we're big. Uh, we're not into Lovecraft stories, but we do yeah, love Lovecraft themes. I feel like I need theme. to read. Some, I I mean, I've read a few, but I feel like I need to read more. Well, but we're really into the Lovecraft theme games. Like we love Eldritch Horror. Um, we love we we well I shouldn't say we love but we enjoyed Elder Sign even though it didn't maintain a place in our collection. Um, but like I said, Eldritch Horror is one of our favorite games. So this the theming is great. Um, I definitely trust the designers because I've enjoyed you know games that Kirkman and Louder and Richard Launius have put out. Um, it looks like a top notch production. So it's it's one that I would recommend giving a look to. Mm-hmm. Um, as of us recording this, it's got about 19 days left to go on Kickstarter. Um, the game is already fully funded. Uh, they they are well on their way to knocking out a bunch of stretch goals. Um, it's six it's sixty bucks for one copy of the game, um, and it's free shipping if you live in the U.S. or Canada. So that's pretty cool. Um, there's also some some art prints that you can get as well as a stretch goal. There's like some canvas prints uh, that are or not as an, not as a stretch goal, but as an add on rather um, that you can check out and uh, possibly pick up as well. So definitely give that a look. But yeah, that's Fate of the Elder Gods. Um, you can find the link to the Kickstarter in our show notes if you're interested but yeah if, it, if that sounds like that would be cool to you uh definitely give it a look and see if it's worth a pledge so uh, we'll take another quick break and when we come back um our gen con 2016 preview So Gen Con 2016, um, as we're recording this, is about a week away. Um, for those listeners that don't know what Gen Con is, and I imagine there's not a whole lot of you that don't, um, Gen Con is basically the the San Diego Comic Con of board gaming. It's the <laughs> biggest weekend in board gaming, the biggest convention um, outside of maybe Essen. But Gen Con is where lots of new games come out. Most pu- Most of the major publishers are there. A lot of publishers will save new releases to release at Gen Con to get the, like, the maximum amount of buzz for them. Um, it's a show that we've not had the privilege to go to yet. Uh, hopefully one of these years we'll make it out Maybe there. Maybe one day. Yeah, but uh, but still, it's, it's always something that we like to pay attention to um, because lots of new games are coming out. So makes uh, our wallet hurt. Right, of course. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the most painful time of year for the wallet, absolutely. So, uh, But us being Tabletop for two, of course, we're going to be focusing on the most interesting looking games that can be played with two players uh, that are going to be at Gen Con. Now, I tried to keep the list, or I'm, I'm trying to have us keep our list to games that are either releasing at Gen Con or are going to be available to demo at Gen Con and might be coming out shortly afterwards. Um, I didn't put any games on there that are out in retail distribution now. So Makes sense. Th- right. So there's a lot of games that are like je- quote-unquote Gen Con games, like the networks and... and um, uh, what shoot? What else did we get recently that we played? Now I'm drawing a blank. 
Um, the Networks is the first one that comes to mind as a game that I would put as a Gen Con game, but we own the Network, so <laughs> I'm not really, we're oh, not really oh, looking oh, forward oh, to oh, it. Oh, um, what did we get the other day? We got something the other day that you had on the list that you took off. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever it is, it's probably something that's going to get talked about on our next episode. <laughs> so probably. stay tuned. For that. Yeah. So, but anyway, games that you can purchase right now today, um, we tried not to put on the list. So we're just going to go back and forth here um, and talk about the games that we are most excited about uh, that are going to be available at Gen Con 2016. So I'll start with you. Go for it. Start with me. Mm-hmm. Me. Yeah. Well, I want the Goonies game. I, I I knew you would. I knew you see, would. See, here's what happened. So it's on Kickstarter, and I see it, and I'm excited because I love the Goonies. And I say something to him. I was like, "Hey, let I you know check out this game, see what you think." Well, he was waffling on it. There was a miscommunication, so we didn't end up backing it because somebody you know told me to do it, but I did not hear him tell me to back it. So, but I want the Goonies game. Yeah, but the- there was something I can't I can't remember what it was. Um, there was some game that you compared it to Pathfinder that you said we might not it might not jive with us because of right well the, well Goonies is an adventure card game so it's one of those um, you know types of games where you have decks of cards that you're investigating you're trying to find certain things in there now whereas Pathfinder adventure card game looks boring as sin to me. Um, we have Warhammer Quest Adventure Card Game, which we've talked about. Emma's not a huge fan of, but I love playing as a solo game. So, I mean, it could go again either way. You said we were going to start from scratch. We have yet to start from scratch yet. We have too many new games that we keep having to play. Son of <laughs> so a bee. that's how it goes. Son of a bee. Um, but yes, I I put the Goonies one on there because even though I am not really interested in it, I know I know you know why that you are because you're not a Goonie. That's why. Absolutely. I don't have the same love for that movie that you do. But you know what I do have the same love for that you do? What? Cthulhu. And that is why um, I am very intrigued about uh, an announcement that Fantasy Flight Games made a couple days ago. Um, They are making a second edition of Mansions of Madness, and it's going to be releasing at Gen Con. So Mansions of Madness came out a couple years ago. It It is a Arkham Horror themed dungeon crawl but it was a game that i never had any inclination to pick up whatsoever because it is one of those one verse many games that em and i never seem to be able to do well because brad always feels like he needs to be the dungeon master he Mm. won't ever give me a chance to be said dungeon master so i blame it all on you well i just don't think that you and i like to play those games as much like we much prefer the dungeon style games that have like the ai built into the game so that we can worry about either working together or in the case of like an arcadia quest competing against one another while still having the game sort of run itself because it's like like we couldn't get into descent we couldn't get into imperial assault um so we've had very little success so i didn't even bother trying mansions of madness but with this new edition um the way they're changing it up a little bit is they're actually putting out an app that you have to use with the game um much like they did with xcom but very similar to the new Descent um, Road to Legend app that came out where they made Descent a fully cooperative experience by having the app manage the AI for Descent. This does exactly the same thing for Matches of Madness, except in this case, it's required to use. So you have the app doing all of the Dungeon Master work so that you and your gaming partner can just focus on playing the game, which is great. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, I'm hoping that it's if the app for this one is half as good as the reviews are for the app for the Descent 2.0, then I know that this is going to be a pretty fun experience that we can look forward to. So, Mansions of Madness, I'm definitely looking to check that one out. Um, well, one on my list that we've been waiting for for what seems like forever and a day is the others because I remember we backed this, it seems like two years ago but i know it's not not that that i know it's not been that long but it feels like it because i just want it and and funny because i just got done talking about how one versus many games don't work out well with us and yet this is this is one of those games but i i really dig this this one's on my list as well because i really dig the theme this is the new cool mini or not game that was designed by eric lang um that 
the game play is based on one person controlling um, these minions that are all themed after one of the seven deadly sins. Um, and apparently the scenarios also play differently based on which monsters are in the game and stuff like that. Um, well, what I like, they have the corruption track, too, mm-hmm. in there. So I was... I was reading back up on it today because I was like, hmm, it's been a while since I looked at this. But I forgot about that. They have the corruption track that you get. And, I mean, if you keep getting, you know, corruption, then things get better for you. But it can also get real bad real quick because it says your skeletons are going to come out the closet. Yeah, well, the Come back to bite you in the hiney. Yeah, I mean, the corruption thing lets you basically use, like, a a powerful ability, but at the cost of growing more corrupt and you can't let mm-hmm. that get out of control or things yep. are gonna are gonna take a turn. See I'm looking forward to this one too. I think if I'm not mistaken for Kickstarter backers, this one's on the boat right now. Um I think Cool Mini's trying Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're gonna have it for sale at the convention or not. Not sure. But it, but I would recommend checking it out. Even though it is like a one verse many, um I think the others will still be pretty cool. Now one that's on my list that I know is not on your list is Cry Havoc, which is a new game from Portal that's, Games that's, that's coming out. That's on my... Your tweener list? Yes. I th- this So, like, we've... Well, okay, so when I looked at it, when I watched the um, video, first of all, it reminded me of a video game. I'm not mm-hmm. sure which one it is that you've had. The art style, it was... I oh, I don't know. think it's one that I've had. I think, or maybe like, it's one that I've seen. It's, it probably reminds you of Halo because the guy in the front looks like Master Chief, kind of sort of. No, no. Um, Crisis. Okay, yeah, it, the guy can kind of look like cri- the Crisis guy Crisis? as well. Yeah, I could see that. The guy, yeah. the guy in the box cover is just this like soldier with a full mask that, yeah, yeah definitely looks like a futuristic soldier kind of dude. Or it mixed with if the guy from Crisis and like Samus had a baby. There mm. you go. So, but the re- the reason I like this one is because so like Nexus Ops is a game that I've always like been like maybe we should get Nexus Ops, but then I never end up getting Nexus Ops because for some like I waffle on it. Like I'm like, do we need another game where we run around battling each other on a map and a game that's well, that's what I said. it seems like it's dudes on a map, right? And you want to make sure you control the areas with the gems and get points. Well, see, but the thing I like about like with Nexus Ops, I've always heard that you really want three or four players to make the gameplay much more fun. Right. The thing that I like about Cry Havoc is that it seems to have a really solid two-player variant because the board is smaller, and when you're playing with less than four players, there's always this neutral faction well, that's in the game you, as well. I watched the Dice Tower review, mm-hmm. and he had he was just oh, like yeah, Tom, over the Tom moon. Tom Vassell's loving himself some Cry Havoc. <laughs> over the moon about this game. Yeah, Tom, Tom Vassell's loving some Cry Havoc. So, And actually, he talked a lot about like the two-player. I was like, well, that's, you know, it's good to know. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm not saying no. I'm just oh, saying. I, I'm saying yes. I, I just ha- <laughs> I, I'm just telling you. I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I don't have the same level of interest as you, probably. Well, I, I mean, I, I know we're going to buy this game because I, I really want to check it out. Um, but yeah, Cry Havoc looks cool. I have a feeling this is going to be one of the games of the con, kind of like the ones that people are buzzing about. But it just looks really neat. I like the different factions. I like how they seem to play very differently from one another. So yeah, this this hopefully was a, it is a game that will be uh, that'll be pretty cool. Um. Well, Fate of the Elder Gods is on my list. Yeah, we, well, pick, well, pick pick another well, one. We've, we've already, talked about we've already that one. Yeah. gone and um said something about that. Uh, Fight for Olympus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited about Fight for Olympus too. <laughs> It, I uh, <laughs> I was looking because you actually had two similar games on the list, mm-hmm. and if I was given the choice between the two, I would go for Fight for Olympus. It just seemed like you have more control. Like mm-hmm. the other, the other one's called Agamemnon, and it was a tile. Like you flip your tiles over and place them on the board with mm-hmm. the strings of fate and this that and the other. It didn't seem as interesting to me. It didn't seem. It just seemed kind of you know. Mm-hmm. This one you get to you have a hand of cards and you're doing this and you're doing that. And, well, the, well, the, um, Fight for Olympus is a is a two player card game um, that. What, like when I first saw it, it, it reminded me slightly of Greek mythology. You got me. Okay? Well, I'm not I'm not even mythology. You. I'm just saying like the gameplay kind of sort of sort of reminded me of uh, Thunder and Lightning, one of my favorite games that's come out <laughs> this year so far. So already I'm bought in on that. Um, it looks it likes it looks like it's very cool. Um, a couple of different ways to win. So and I and I you know two player games check. Two player card games double check. Like that's that's great for us. That's our bread and butter right there. Right. Um, I'm gonna. 
not fight you, but I'm going to disagree with you on Agamemnon. I think that actually looks pretty damn cool. It's it's a light like war game basically. It's not like I don't think the two games are very similar at all I'm aside sorry, from setting. But the art was so boring. Have, the board was boring. Everything about it was boring. If I told you who published it, I bet you might change your mind because that you might have just seen a prototype. That might not be the full the full I don't copy. No, I was just looking up. I was on the BGG page, and you know, well, you know who's publishing it. Who's publishing it, dear? Osprey Games. Okay. Odin's Ravens. Okay, well, this one's kind King of, is dead. This is kind of blah. <laughs> well, what I, what I saw was kind of blah. Well, I'm I'm Why more do we intrigued. Need two of the same game. It's not. They're not the same game at all. They're not the same game at all. Fight for Olympus is not a war game. Agamemnon seems like it's going to be a war game. I'm I'm looking forward to checking it out. Mm-hmm. I would put that on my list. M is not in agreement. That's fine. Nope. That's fine. What else? What else you got over there? Um, because you're stealing all my thunder. Well, and lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! What am I gonna do with you? <laughs> um, the backstage expansion for Shakespeare. You would. I would. You would want this. I would. <sighs> you don't like it? It's not that I don't like it. I don't know if I need it. Like I don't know I don't know if Shakespeare truly needs an expansion. I think the game works really well as it is. Mm-hmm. What what is this ad? You tell what you tell me. Um there's a few new actors. Mm-hmm. Um and then there That would be cool. And then there are the backstage cards. So the unused um thingies like when you wager how many you're going to use, mm-hmm. the unused uh, markers, they go into a, like an on-deck thing, and you can use them on the backstage cards to do different things. Like depending on, there's one where you build sets, and however many you put on there, you can build, you know, either a one or a two or a three and a four or a five. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, there's a jeweler backstage so that you can actually get the gold cards if you can't get the jeweler card, you know, like mm. seems to happen when we play. Either one of us gets it or one of us, you know. Right. So, yeah, there's a couple cool little okay. things. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like Shakespeare. I It never occurred to me that it would need an expansion. Well, uh, reading their uh, blurb about it, they didn't think it needed expansion but they didn't want to let it go just yet so then they went back to like ideas they had when they first Uh, you know made the game did you see a price on it by chance things like 15 bucks oh for 50 oh oh, geez for 50 (laughs) i gotta bleep that uh for for 15 dollars um look for 15 dollars so good yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i got the bleep machine For fifteen dollars, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I looked at it, it was like fifteen. Why bucks. not? Yeah, why not? Okay, fair enough. Fair Jeez, enough. Potty mouth. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, one deck dungeon is a game that I think will be pretty cool, and we I backed have it on, on Kickstarter my list only because you told me the other day that you already backed it, so I have no choice in the matter. It's a new Asmati <laughs> game. It's a cooperative dungeon crawl game that's played entirely with cards. It just looks interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I just laughed because you're like, oh, I already backed this. And I said, oh, it must have been less than $50. It was 20 bucks. I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's just cool looking. Like I said, I'm always looking for good co-ops. Um, and this one looks cool. And I like Asmati Games. Um, I'm, I've liked a lot of the stuff that they have put out. And uh, and the other cool thing about it is that it stars nothing but female heroes, which is kind of a cool progressive move. And I'm upset with them that they got a lot of flack for doing that, because that's really unfortunate. Because people are buttheads. Well, okay? what are you going to do? So, yeah, One Deck Dungeon, we're in agreement with that one. Yes. What else is on your list? Um, What was the one I looked at? Okay, so this is one I wasn't so hot on at first. It was the new code names, because it's with pictures. Mm-hmm. So, because I thought, literally, it's just the game with pictures. But then, I was looking at it, um, and they actually... There are several components to the pictures. Like, there was a kangaroo, but he was part dinosaur also. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was... <laughs> it just made me laugh. Because, I mean, that's going to be a little more interesting than just, like, one picture. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because um, I think the example they showed in the video was, like, evolution was the clue. And there was one where there actually was, like, an evolution card. But then there was the dinosaur kangaroo. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um... 
Codename is one of our most played games. Right. So. And it's one that our friends request when they come over. Like, they request to play it. So I think it would be, you know, prudent for us to purchase this. <laughs> you, 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 you probably don't know this. Um, they actually recently released an adult version of Codenames at Target, like, last week. I think I saw that when I was there. Did you? There. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't need it. It's just odd that they did it. I, I've seen some interesting things at Target here lately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but that one, like, went right to Target with no announcement. And, like, when they, when someone asked CGE, like, did, was, is this sponsored by you guys? They're like, yeah, they asked us to do it and we released it to them. I don't, th- I don't think they were too keen to do it either. Um, but, but I mean, but that's, one, if that's like, your bag. Like I said, this one seemed more interesting after I, like, really delved into it a little bit and started looking at it because, like I said, there's multiple aspects to each picture, so there's mm-hmm. diff- ma- many different links, so then you have to be even more careful when you're choosing your clues, mm-hmm. so um, what do you make it a little more interesting. What do you think about Terraforming Mars? Uh, that one is in my middle of the it's, road it's list. It's in mine as well. I'm not, not entirely sure. I mean, it seems interesting, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I feel like I've played it before. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? You want to talk about it a little bit for those not familiar? It, um, hold on, let me find my notes. Forgive me. He's laughing at me at my ridiculous the, mountain the, the notes. No, the note taker over He's here. He's like, you were the note taker in high school, weren't you? I said, you're daggone right I was. <laughs> and I could always find everything. Um, well, on the plus side, there's, uh, Tile Lang. Mm-hmm. Which, which which is why I asked you how you is, like because I know I know like, you like a detailing. Which is me. Um, like I said, it has the terraforming where you're trying to turn Mars into a habitable planet because these corporations are trying to, you know, inhabit Mars, and you get what is it? There's tracks for because we have you have to fix the air. Mm-hmm. You have to fix. There's three different tracks. It's um. It's it's temperature. Oxygen and ocean. That's what because there has to be water, obviously, to for the planet to survive. Obviously, forgive me. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> I want. I wonder if there's like a like an alien nuclear reactor that you can activate to fix the oxygen. <laughs> like a like a certain movie. Oh, oh my! Oh <laughs> I I, fig- my. I figured you'd be in on this one because it's it's tiling and it's drafting but, but and, and it's all is, sorts like, of good stuff. I saw like the time on it and I saw, thought like for what it what did, what, what, did, it, what is the time on I, it? I'm pretty sure it said 90 to no, 120. No. I'll look it up right now, but oh, I'm pretty I'm sure it said it like too. 90 to 120. And I was like, "Whoa." Oh, yeah, that's what it says. Is it? See, yeah. I was right. And that's what I said for what it is, I think that might be a little much for us. You know what I mean? My my concern would be that since there's a lot of drafting in it, um, I would be worried about the two player, the two playerness. You're afraid it wouldn't be as good of an experience. Yeah, or 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 I'd be afraid that it's going to have some dumb variant for two players that you have to use, and I'm never a fan of those. That's that's why it's on my maybe list. I need to learn more. Um, so we'll see we'll see about that one. Um, Do you have any more in your yes list? No, actually, that's I'm. I I'm, have one more in my yes list. Okay, um, that's uh, Via Nebula. Okay, that's on my maybe list. That one's actually out now. Just so you know, that came out oh. last week. So you know, I'm not too big on pick up and deliver, mm-hmm. but this one seems pretty interesting because, like, uh, as I was going over, it has like your player board, and you have to build your buildings. Mm-hmm. But you get your resources to said building before you build it. But if you use more than the resources needed, you actually get penalized for it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that, that you have to kind of really make it happen. Yep. And, and yeah, this it's Martin Wallace, which uh, that's an encouraging sign. We we like Martin Wallace's games. Um, yeah, I, I just wasn't sure about this one because, again, this one's the whole not sure if it's going to go over as well with two players right, as with others right, right. ones. So that's I mean, most most of the ones that are on my maybe list are because I'm concerned about the two player, the two player experience. Some on my maybe list are just because I don't think we need them right now. I would agree with you. Um, <laughs> like flick them up. The, the Red Rock Tomahawk expansion is okay, coming up. So super cute. Right. I love the little Indians and I love that you like 
literally just like launch the tomahawks and stuff at people because mm. I think that's hilarious. But we haven't even busted out Stallion Canyon exactly. yet. Exactly. So like I said, right. yes, eventually I'd like to have it, but for right now, if we haven't even played Stallion Canyon yet, then... Now one one that I'm sort of, kind of, sort of looking at is they're coming out with a two-player only um, card game based on Merchants and Marauders called say, Broadsides. Well, but here's the thing: the reason I'm concerned is that what's the what's the what's the most pain in the butt worst part in Merchants and Marauders? Well, for you, it's losing. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> but I'm talking specifically about the combat in the game. The combat's very. It's very, 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 very finicky and very weird. Um, now, obviously, I doubt that the combat in Broadsides is going to play out exactly like it does in the main game. Well, as I was reading on it, like you have three gun, three different guns on your ship, mm-hmm. and then you can load up to three shots in each gun, and yeah, right. But at the same time, this is a, it's, it'll be a two-player card game, so it'll probably cost like twenty bucks, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going right. to miss taking a flyer on a $20 game because it might be awesome. So that's that's one to check out. Um, Manhattan Project Chain Reaction. Mm, that's on my maybe list. Yeah, We could have backed this on Kickstarter. I decided the last minute not to. This is a, a special card game version of Manhattan Project. Which looked we interesting. Like. We, we do love a Manhattan Project by itself. Um, the card game looked interesting. But again, I want to see I want to see it get out there. I want to see more reviews before, before I dive in on it. Mm-hmm. And then anything else for you, like on the on the maybe list? Thousand and one Odysseys. Tell me about it. Um. Well, it's like it reminded me of Smurf. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because it's got like the book. Well, in this case, it has an app instead of like a big fiddly book. Okay. And oh, and this is another Asmati game. Well, as well and this is the so. one you told me it was like um, the Arabian Nights, Tales of the Arabian Nights, mm-hmm. and they actually, you know, referenced that when I was watching their video. Um, but it's just, like I said, it's Agents of Smirch, but it's got a sci-fi theme. So you know, and apparently it is competitive at first, and mm-hmm. then a space crisis happens, and then you have to work together to. You know, that's pretty cool. Uh, do solve the space crisis, but of course, someone's the leader. So whoever has built up the most stuff during that first part before the crisis happens, they're the leader. So if you're the leader, you either get all the praise or you get, you know. Okay. Yeah. Pooped I, the, upon. The, the story-driven games are definitely interesting, and I I think I will enjoy having an app for one of these because right. the book and, and Smirch said, can be a little bit of a pain. That's why I said big fumbly book. Right. Yeah, because like he actually, it was even in just like prototype stage, and it looked pretty good for a prototype. You know what I mean? Okay. I it, you know, and I I like that. I like Smirch because I like having the you know you flip through the book and you're like okay here and but like the app actually has it'll say here's what you have to read out to him, you know, and they'll say test strength and then you hit the button for pass or fail and then it tells you what happens. It's very cool. Okay. Like I said, in this day and age. Apps are where it's at. <laughs> yeah. So, well, very cool. That's that is all the ones that caught our eye. Yeah. Um, definitely curious to know if there's any other two player games that you think we should be checking out. So for sure, let us know um, online if uh, if you think that there's anything else cool that's out there. But hopefully, uh, for those of you that are going to Gen Con or are going to be looking for stuff to get that will be available shortly after Gen Con, uh, this gives you a good. Uh, starting off point to kind of check out to see see what might be good out there, especially if you are primarily looking for stuff that is good with two. Yep. So that is going to be it for us. Um, just a reminder that we are one of the many podcasts on the TNP Studios network of shows. Uh, please, please, please check out the other great shows in the network, including the Apocalypse, Dense Pixels, Black on Black Cinema, and Mouthful of Toast. And we would also appreciate if you swung by the nerdpocalypse.com slash premium. Uh, check out the premium shows that we have on offer for just five bucks a month or fifty dollars a year and that'll get you episodes of look forward the airing of grievances uh n- the men with the golden tongues and no, no time, time to bleed. bleed very cool shows all so yeah definitely check out the other tnp studio no shows uh that was hard target was the last one that they did oh, i just listened to the a team yeah was hilarious it's pretty good as well hilarious uh, hard target was better which is a movie that you should I watch enjoyed, i enjoyed um the ensemble they put together for an all black A team. Yep. It was hilarious. Oh good. my God, it was great. <laughs> and uh, and it again, it fits so well. 
And again, if you wanna if you wanna talk to us, if you wanna if you have something you wanna ask us, or if you wanna just wanna let us know what Gen Con games you're looking forward to, uh, at Tabletop for two. If you go on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and what's the guild number uh, two six two three on BGG. Um, but again, and again, we, we're posting pictures all the time on social media. You can definitely check out some of the games that are hitting our table, and feel free to ask yes, us anything you want. And please forgive me if you see one of our child every so often for our tabletop for two, because sometimes I forget to switch my Instagram. Forget what account you're logged into. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I totally do sometimes. <laughs> so, but uh, but that's it for us. So, if you're heading to Gen Con. Um, have, have fun, fun. <laughs> right? And hopefully, uh, I guess maybe this this podcast was a bit of a distraction on your long drive out to out to Indianapolis. Um, and uh, we will catch you guys in a couple of weeks. See ya.